0: Will you turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. <clears throat> and Please let your eye run down to verse 57. Keep your Bible open at Luke, chapter 9, though. Verse 57. And it came to pass... That as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him let the dead bury their dead but go thy and preach the kingdom of god and another also said lord i will follow thee but let me first go bid them farewell that are at my at home at my house jesus said unto him no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of god let's pray father We ask you that you would take your own divine and inspired and fallible word, and Lord, even at the reading of it, wing it to every single heart. Father, help me to expound and to apply the word of God, and Lord, you take it as you seem and deem it fit, and apply it through thy spirit. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The Lord Jesus says in verse 62, No man, having put his hand to the plough and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now notice that. So people tend to think that this means that if someone has failed the Lord, or someone has fallen, or even backslidden for a period of time, they can never come back. That's not true. That's not true. Jesus wasn't saying that here. The Lord wasn't saying, well, if you fail me, you're finished. No, not at all. Rather, it's in a continual sense. Notice where the hand of the player is. On the ply. On the ply. They're continuing on with work, but looking back. In other words, that which is not fit for the kingdom of God, they keep continually looking at the wrong things in the wrong way. And they don't look ahead. The plowman would have taken the plow and as he's plowing, he would have found a, a, a visual point like a tree or something at the end of the field. And so he headed his first line toward that to plow a straight furrow. Now, if he was going, there would have been stones and rocks and whatever else, tree roots maybe in the field, and he could have jumped across, could have jammed in, and they would have had to stop and dig it out and pull it out, the rock, or take up the root, whatever it was that was stopping them going forward. And you know, in our lives, brothers and sisters, our hands are to the plough when we walk with the Lord. There are people who claim Christ but don't actually walk with him. Don't actually walk with him. I wonder what that noise was. And uh, they find that as they're trying to walk or claim to walk, they find they get nowhere in God. Now, I'm not saying this because I know people, and I'm pointing at certain people or anything. Today, it is the Spirit of God pointing to you, speaking to you in whatever area he does it. So notice, sometimes the plough would hit a stone or a tree root and it might knock the plough out of rut. And when it did, they were off on a wrong course. And things come into our lives that hit us as we serve the Lord. The ploughing should be about service. Now, we're talking to save this morning too. And the lost, without Christ, you can't play. You're not in the kingdom. But saved this morning and serving, I want to look at it. I want to look at ministering this morning for a few moments as well. It's very, very important because every one of you, believer, listen, every one of you, and those who've taken the children out, all those lovely wee kid, children, these wee kids have went out, with all the teachers and the Sunday schools that were on this morning, for all that we're worshipping here, leading us and singing and playing. All of us, from the guys who were here yesterday and to the ones who were here during the week, right the whole way through, ministering on whatever, whatever it is. Standing at the door, the two, the two men stand at the door, shaking hands every week, every meeting. It matters to every one of us. We're all serving the Lord in a capacity at that moment that the Lord has us to serve in. Every one of us. Maybe you're unable to do anything to help physically. Well, look, listen. You may be a prayer warrior, as we call them. Someone who intercedes. And you can't get out much and you can't do. Where God has you, he doesn't expect you to do any more than where he has placed you. The gift, the talent where he is. But your hand is to the plough. And whatever it is, I could go through and try and list everything that goes on in this church. Week in, week out, day in, day out. And listen, if it wasn't for people giving up of their time. It wasn't for people turning up in their faithfulness. it wasn't for people uh, giving up their comforts of home to be here for children. And all those sort of meetings and the youth. It wouldn't happen. But I want to tell you, wherever it is, whether it's the pastor's or whether it's the people in the seats, every one of us has a service to do for the Lord. Your hand is to the ploy. There's many Christians who maybe touch the play and say, well, you know, I don't think I want to get involved. What if we all thought like that? Think about this. What if everyone, what if no one wanted to lift them up? And we all were heavenly floating around the clouds in our heads. Putting your hand to the plough, walking with Christ, also in fellowship with him. Serving, it isn't easy. Now, I know it's not uh, the dumb thing to do to say that serving the Lord is difficult. I should be telling you, according to go with the flow of many other preachers and people, that I should be telling you, everything's going to be brilliant and it's all easy and it's okay and you're going to waft to heaven in a handbasket. Service of the king demands you to be a soldier and a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The player comes and they hit maybe a, a tree stump or they hit a stone or a rock, may knock it out of rut. And if they're looking back even at that time, they may feel the bump. Maybe they just want to disregard it. Well, let's play another furrow. No, the Lord says you play the furrow you're in, and when you get to the end, then you play another. And you stay in the field that you're in here until you go to the next field in His kingdom. And so when they're ploughing with the, the, the ploughing the field, the Lord says, any man looking back, he's not fit. In other words, he get up, he's aim, aiming for one place, but if he keeps looking back, the idea is, if he keeps looking back, he may end up in the far corner by the time he's finished and not knowing where he's going. That's why you shouldn't text when you're driving. Isn't that true? One minute you're looking at the road. I'm not going to ask you hands up who text when you're driving. because you think you're one way and you turn off somewhere else and that's the problem when you take your eye off the vision and the goal where God has placed you in that ministry you become weak in it you become not wanting it you become that you're you know what somebody else will be there tonight or today and you don't want to do it anymore or even in the place of prayer and worship you, you start to slack off suddenly you'll hit something And I'll knock you right out. Knocks you right out. And Jesus says, don't keep looking back. Keep your eye on the praise. Brother, sister, keep your eye on what God has given you to do. You're going to have the bumps of disappointments. You're going to have the, the stones buried in the ground or the rocks or the tree roots buried in the ground that's going to try and knock you out of rut, out of the groove, outright where you're going on well and you're serving and and you're going to hit something. But now when they hit it, they were allowed to stop to get it out of the road. Because there's certain things in our lives we need to deal with. Certain things in all of our lives at certain times we need to deal with. And listen, looking back and pretending it isn't there in the big bump, you're off track. Brother, sister, in the name of the Lord, deal with it. Get it out of the road. They may have had to dig a rut out. Nowadays a tractor pulls through nearly everything, doesn't it? Here's a city boy trying to tell his granny how to sock eggs. But you know, I I I know that maybe people have been playing here, and I don't know anything about it. But I know what I read about it and what I've seen in bits and pieces of it. But what they did then was they had to dig. And see, ministry is about digging. Ministry is about digging. So whether it's a pastor, I, I talk about ministry as a pastor. Do you know pastoring, Christians in general, but Christianity in general, but pastoring has become uh, very effeminate in men's, in men's eyes. They've started to sissify pastors. I'm going to be honest with you. See for a man and a woman to be called into ministry in general, but to talk about pastoring, you've got to be Tough. You've got to be tough. You've got to be loving and long-suffering, but you've got to be tough. Nowadays, unfortunately, they have uh, feminized pastors to the point where, you know, the pastor's meant to float around in a halo or on a cloud with his halo one playing his harp as he arrives at your door. Pastors need to be tough. Ministry, you need to be tough. And maybe you say, well, I'm not tough enough. Then let the Holy Ghost work in you. I'm not talking about being hard and ignorant and arrogant and hurtful. I'm talking about being tough to go on in God. I'm going to say this, and I know it's not popular today. Let a woman be a woman and a man be a man on, brother, be a man. Be a man. There's no general neutral in the pulpit. Do you hear that? Be a man. Be a woman. Dig out the root. And dig out the stones that stop in your plowing in the kingdom of God. And it might be sin in your life. Something holding you back. It could be a person in your life. Dig them out. It could be something you love in your life. It could be something you prefer over Christ in your life. Dig it out. And plough on for the kingdom of God. I know sometimes... look. Sometimes we have to do things and it's difficult. But see, when you do, you're going to reach the destination of the viewpoint that you have, the vision. You'll carry on through right to that vision. So the Lord is saying, look, you need to be looking forward to the point where you're going to plough the straight furrow. And if you're not, he says, you're not fit for the kingdom. In other words, he's not saying you will not be in the kingdom. He's saying, but you know, there's place. And there's possession in the kingdom of God. Who in here knows? And I'm sure most of you do. But even if you've sat under me for a long while, you should know this by now. Who knows that not only will we rule and reign with Christ, but there's place and there's possession in the kingdom of God? Would you put your hand up? Many know that. Nearly all of us know that. A lot of us know that. Plough the furrow, brother. You see, you're looking back. Remember part one of this series. This is our last part, God willing. I think. Remember our last, our first part. Lot's wife looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. Last week, Israel looked back to Egypt. Oh, we love the fish and remember the garlics and the onions. I ain't getting hungry, you not, really? Do you remember that last week? nostalgia. Remember we spoke of nostalgia? How nostalgia can be bad and it gives the idea of the uh, nostalgia, which means the homecoming aches and pains. Looking back at that thing that you love the most. The mercenary soldiers loved it. Remember that last week? And so they they used to ban the Swiss mercenary soldiers from singing it because they couldn't press on in the job right to do. They couldn't win the battle in the wars. They were starting to fail. Why? Because their heart wasn't in it because their heart was back at home. So we looked at that. We looked at psychological projection last week. Remember how it reflects onto us? Don't own those things that hold you back. Well, now we're looking at three men here briefly. In verse 57, it says, It came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said Lord, unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever whether thou goest. Here's, Jesus didn't ask this man, but this man felt drawn to follow Christ. We don't know the reason why. We don't know, was it off the Lord? Was it off the man's thinking? But one thing was, the Lord didn't give him any false illusions. Come to Jesus and everything is going to be fine. You're never going to have a problem in all of your life. And I'll even give you a bottle of my miracle spring water and my olive oil soap. Isn't this what you hear? And then people are failing and falling by the wayside because they realize that Christian life is hard. You need to be tough. You need to be tough. Wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. And notice here, this man comes, I will follow thee. Whithersoever thou goest, wherever you're going, Jesus, I'm going. And the Lord says unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. In other words, he's saying, you count the cost if you want to serve me. I think about this. Sometimes we think we want that ministry. And when we get that ministry, we realize we didn't want it at all. Sometimes we think that that ministry or that thing in church or that, whether it's whatever it is, I'll not go through them all. Or service in the Lord outside of here. We just run into it without prayer and without thinking, without his leading and his call. And, and the Lord says, you know, the foxes of holes and the birds of air of death, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. And you're going, I didn't think it was going to be as difficult as this. Am I speaking sense to people this morning? Because it's difficult. You have to understand, listen, you're in a battle. This isn't tiddlywinks you're playing here. It isn't spiritual chess, you know. You're in a battle, a battle that was won at Calvary, but you need to learn to use your armor to fight. Notice here what he says the son of man hath not where to lay his head he says i haven't even got a resting place are you prepared to have a life where you're here and guided day by day by day that's faith that's faith so are you ready brothers and sisters for the lord to lead us as a church for the lord to lead you as a person for the lord to lead your family and your home Notice what, there's three here. The second one, notice. And it says in verse 59, and he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. The first one he didn't call, the second one he did. Now it's not that the Lord is being uh, hard here. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thy and preach the kingdom of God. He's not saying, well, you know what, your dad's dead, just forget about him. That's not what this means. The idea of this is, this man wanted to go back and wait until his father died. Doesn't even mean to say his father was ill. Could have lived for another 10 or 20 years. But the urgency of it then was, if you're following me, I'm going to Calvary. Let's go. Let's go. Jesus, I claim you as Lord and I want to follow you. You know what he says to you this morning? Okay. Okay. Forget all the things that are dead. All those who don't want to know me. All those who are living lifeless lives. You want to know me? He says, then let's go. Let's go back to Calvary. And let's get under the blood. Let's go, brother. Let's go, sister. Oh Lord, i would I, I follow you. But I have to do this first. And I have to do that first. He says, you want to follow me? Here's the call now let's go Lord I want to worship you today and I love uh, I, I mean we were here on Tuesday night we had a great turnout in the meeting on Tuesday night and we just decided uh, Gordy Foster brought a, a, a word to us and then it was just an encouraging word to pray and we sought the face of the Lord and we started singing and praying and we were here for an hour and a half singing and praying and, and it was just a lovely night it was a and even after people were saying, why did you stop? Wanted to go on with him. I don't want to stop. I'm conscious of use. I'd stay at midnight, it wouldn't annoy me. I notice how many of us would say, Lord, we want to worship you, but you're not willing to give up something else. We want to follow you, but you're not willing to give up your Roast in the oven. Let's put it like that. Maybe we don't have that problem in here. No one ever, ever, ever complains to me about time. Ever. But Lord, we will follow you. But you know, to be honest, of this to do and of that to do and of the other to do and of the other, he says, let the dead bury their dead. And you come and follow me. If you want me, he says, here I am. I'm going this way. just want to pause for a moment and let that sink into our ears. I just want to pause for a moment. I want to let that sink not only into our ears, but into our hearts, into our spirit this morning. So whatever it is, Jesus says, you want me? Then come on. Come. Lord, I want more of you, but I prefer to watch this program first. He says, forget it, come. I want to read your word, but I've been online all day. Forget it and come. Lord, I want to follow you and I, I want to be in your presence and I want to sense more of your Holy Spirit, but I, I, I want to do this first and then i will come back. He says, forget it and come with me. Christ is first. Let me first, he says. "Jesus." Once you say to Jesus, let me first, you, you're not putting him first. We're not putting him. So we're looking back, aren't we? I want to look back. I want to follow you, but let me first. I have my hand to the plow now, but I want to look back. Let me first go bury my father. Look at the second, the third man, he says, in verse 61, and another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell that are at my home. Jesus says, if you want me you can love your family care for your family and we do but if you want me he says I'm here you know I believe he's here now he's here he's here and he says to you if you want me follow me then brother stop playing around stop playing church Follow him. Sister, if you really want him, stop caring. We were on two Tuesdays again, the Bible study about Mary and Martha. One thing is needful, how Martha was, always gets the bad rap, we know, and she needed to sit more, but Mary sat that long, she'd do nothing. We need to get the balance, sister, where yes, we have home and family life, But our first love is Christ. Now Alison knows this and I know it from Alison and we've talked about this on umpteen numerous occasions and I'm not saying it. She knows why I'll say this. Christ is first in my life. I first. And he's first in hers. If she doesn't want him, I still do. And if I didn't, she still does. First. 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 Here's your order, brother. Christ first. Your wife and your children next. Not the church. I know where some churches like you to think that the church is next. No, it isn't. Service for Christ isn't even next it's loving Christ and following him in your life wife and children after that and then after that you can't serve the Lord if you aren't getting it right at home I'm not talking about your kids will have to be high and holy I'm not talking about that I'm talking about leading your wife in the ways of the Lord and your children Christ first your family and then the church See, if a man was to come to me and he's always leaving his wife and treating his wife like dirt and he says, I want to serve the Lord, I would say, well, brother, you may go back to Christ and talk to him about that. Jesus. First. I better move on here because time's racing. Notice here, Those without spiritual insight may bury their dead, but the one with the vision must not delay in the call of God. The kingdom of God, it says, there's no room for those who look back when they are called to go forward. Now, this morning, I believe God is speaking to people here, and he's saying, This is how you've slipped. This is where you've went. You've looked back. Your hand's been on the plough. You've slacked off. And this is what he he says. The call is for you to look forward. Listen, people, situations, (coughs) voices can cause you to keep looking that way when you're meant to be going that way. And next thing you're off kilter. You're off balance. You're out of rot in the pie and you're way off maybe even you'll stop turn with me please to 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 Notice what the Apostle says here in verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, with Christ, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now, that's debated what that means. Some think, well, you receive the grace of God as we work and labour for Christ and live how we like. We can live like some sort of devil, live like a demon. We can live according to the lusts of our flesh. We can live like the world. That's not what it means. Grace is not a license for men and women to sin. Grace is an endowment of God for you to live in righteousness. Because you'll fail and his grace says, get up and move on. Enables us, equips us and empowers us to live right for Christ. For he saith, I have heard thee in an accepted time and in the day of salvation I have succored or strengthened thee, upheld thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul is now looking at when we're saved, we're saved by grace and we are kept by that grace and we live in that grace even though we have our hand to the plow, Sometimes we look back. The idea is to continually and habitually keep looking back, having your hand to the plow, You're not going to do For the kingdom of God. Notice what he says in verse 3. Giving no offense in anything. That the ministry be not blamed. Now here's something. And I'll bring it to myself more personal. Because you can apply it to where you are. In your Christian walk. In your service for Christ. Whatever department you're in. Or not. Maybe you should pray about being in a department. As it were. That is service. Where he wants you. But I'll put it to myself. Giving no offense that the ministry be not blamed is an impossible task. i tell you why. Because people are people. <laughs> but the idea of it is, he says, strive to walk. And even though others are calling you out for the wrong, don't give them what they want. Don't give them what they want. Where you are, maybe others are picking holes in you. Maybe others are trying to pull at that little thread and pull it out that you fall apart like two pieces of garment sewn together. Listen, don't turn around and in the ministry give the offense of it. Keep your hand on the plough, brother. Keep your hand on the place, sister. And don't look back. Don't look back. Does that make sense to you? Paul says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm in the mercies of God. But I can tell you, he says, not everybody likes me. <laughs> Isn't that true? I'm called, I'm known as a Marmite preacher. You either love me, or you hate me. Either way, people will try me and make their own mind up. <laughs> I press on. Keep my hand to the ply. And with all that in me, off, sometimes my neck's cricking round, you know. And I have to keep reminding myself, don't look back. Keep going on in God, brother. Come on, keep going on on God, sister. Don't look back no matter who it is, no matter what it is, no matter the call, no matter what they're saying. Keep going on and God live your life before him and put Christ at first. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience and afflictions. In fact, if you go from four to ten, this is what you can read. There's the ins, the byes, the as and the yets. The ins, the as, the byes and the yets. Okay, ins, byes, as and yets. Let's read it. But in all things, in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things, as by what was it again? It said, in, by, as, and yet. Here's some things that we are, but yet God uses those things in our weakness when we have our hand to the pie and not looking back, and he uses us to bless others in the strength of it. Here's our failures. We're not perfect. Here we are. Here's the pastor, speaking of me. Here I am, a human being with frailties, and yet, People say this and point that and do the other and yet at the same time with the blessing of God we give out the bread of the word of God and others are blessed by it. We are hammered. We are in trial. In tumult. In distresses. That's the Christian life and that's the ministry of God. But yet... Possessing all things. I'm richer than Bill Gates this morning. What do you call on boy does the Facebook? I'm richer than Mark Zuckerberg I'd change my name if that much money. Yeah, possessing all things. What do you mean, what do you possess? Well, Christ. Simple. Christ is enough for me. I possess Christ. Come on, brother, sister. Can you sense it in your spirit? Can you sense it in your spirit? oh well can you possess more than not? you've a nice suit on well I like it anyway but if you've a nice suit on and a shirt and a tie yeah yeah that means nothing that means absolutely nothing I just like to wear that it means nothing it's in here I don't need a man to tell me if I'm saved or not because he doesn't know where I was when Christ found me he wasn't where I was when I come under the blood and he wasn't where I am because I have my relationship with him. I have my relationship with him. Effeminate pastors, snowflake, effeminate Christians, melting at the first sign of trouble or hardship, grow up. Amen. Let me finish. Time's gone. Notice what he says. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. Your heart is enlarged. A big mouth and a large heart for God's people. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same I speak unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Now notice, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Hear that young person? Hear that older person? That's the words of the apostle. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness what's communion of light? With darkness, and what concord Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God; as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Shall be my people. Notice, the apostle says, "Look, if you're always running around with worldliness, come away from it." You see, some would have tried to pull the yoke plough with, here was the, the mule, and the other one was an oxen. One was stronger than the other, and they had different temperaments and different thoughts and ideas. And the one who was on, uh, driving the plough, they found that they couldn't control them. They weren't ploughing straight, if at all. Now, listen, I'm not talking about your workplace. You don't hide in a house and say, I have to work with all Christians and I can't mingle. That's how you reach people. You can go in in your workplace. He says, listen, if something's ungodly, you know what he's saying? Let's put it in a nutshell. If something's ungodly, stay away from it. Don't have fellowship with them. Don't start a relationship with a man or a woman who isn't saved and you being a child of God. Don't even start it. Notice what he says here. Wherefore come ye out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Almighty. So the Lord Jesus says, don't put your hand to the plank, keep on looking back. What should we do? Hebrews 12, and we're going to close. Hebrews 12. Verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Notice, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Brother, sister, what is it that the Spirit of God is speaking to you, maybe even before today or even this morning. What is it or who is it that is hindering your life? What is the burden that you're carrying that is disabling you to go on with God? Disabling you to follow him? Disabled you to be able to run the race that he set before you? What is it? The Spirit of God will tell you if he hasn't already. what he says? Set it down. Stop trying to carry that which he doesn't want you to carry. And listen, Christian, stop trying to carry that which he doesn't tell you to carry. Many a times I'm tired and I'm saying, Lord, I can't carry this any longer. He says, well, what are you carrying it for? It wasn't yours to carry in the first place. It's not yours to carry in the first place. He says, lay it down. You can't run. Listen, if I give you two breeze blocks in your arm, and tell you, we're going to have a race ready here. Hold on, ready? One, two, hold on. Take those two breeze blocks. We'll see who wins. I'm probably, even with a dodgy hip, dodgy back, I'm probably pretty well off that I'm going to beat you. You're going to be running these big breeze blocks. Set it down, brother. Come on, set it down, sisters. And the sin. See, the Lord's just brought something to you, and you've went, Come on. It's not so easy beset us. And let us run with patience. Huh? Patience. Takes patience. Let the Lord work in you. Keep going. Don't look back. And let the Lord work in you. The race that is set before us. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. who. What is our vocal point? What is our vision? What is our view? Who do we, or what do we look at? We're without, you know, pastor, without vision in this because I don't know what way to turn. I don't know how to look. And Lord, our pastor, have come and have asked the Lord about it. And you know, here's what the Lord says. Look to me. Look to me. Let him guide you on. Keep going, Brother sister and don't look.